0: I believe you can have a partial heaven right here on earth because the kingdom of God is within. 5738, The 12 Most Asked Questions of Christians, Part 4. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. <laughs> and today we're still in the midst of a series called The 12 Most Asked Questions of Christians. Question number one is How do you know there's a God? Question number two, Was Jesus the son of God or just a prophet? And this is part two of question number three. How do I get into heaven? And even though it's a question that many non-Christians or those not in the church will ask Christians, it's a question that Christians need to know the answer to themselves. And when God spoke to me about this particular message, he told me, just use the words of Jesus, no one else. And, and it's not that what the other prophets or disciples say is not important. It's not that it's not true. But Jesus is the door, and you can't enter but by him. So if he's the door, then what he says is more important than what anybody else says, because sometimes it goes through interpretation. So if you go to the source and you hear what the source says, if you go to the person standing at the door and he's got to let you in the door, if you find his words, his words will be purer, less adulterated, no interpretation in. You find out what Jesus says. So God says, only use the words of Jesus. And actually, I made an error in the last sermon as I began with what I thought was the first words of Jesus in Matthew 4, 4, and I said those first words where it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Those actually weren't the first words. They were the second words. The first words were actually in Matthew 3.15 and somehow I missed it or either it was blotted out because I was actually checking that just to make sure before I got up to preach last Sunday just to make sure. And I pulled it up on my phone because my Bible is on my phone and I was trying to scroll to see if there was anything in red in Matthew prior to Matthew 4.4 and my phone just kept jamming. It wouldn't move. So for whatever reason, I had to tell you about that verse first or sometimes God will just let it illustrate humans make errors. Humans make errors. They really, really do. And a lot of times when humans make errors, they just won't even admit it. They just keep on going. They won't even tell you. So, well, first of all, they probably won't even catch that anyway. So I ain't going to tell them. Because matter of fact, my guess is if I hadn't have told you, you wouldn't even known it. But yet his first words, actually Matthew 3.15 And it kind of begins a couple of verses before that so it sets the context. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said unto him, Permit it to be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So the first words of Jesus actually were to John As Jesus came to John for John to baptize him. And John said, wait a minute. You want me to baptize you and you are the son of God and I'm just a prophet. And you want me to baptize you? And Jesus says, suffer it to be so. That's the King James or the modern version says, permit it to be so. For we must fulfill all righteousness. And now Jesus does not explain the why of that. So the first words of Jesus actually were kind of mystical. And you can't understand it clearly, but what is clear, Jesus did say, we got to do what's right, even though you don't understand it. we got to do what's right, even though you don't understand it. There's a whole lot of stuff in the Bible you don't understand. And God will tell you to do some stuff, and you don't understand. I had a case of that a few days ago. I was dealing with a contractor, and God spoke for me. He said, you pay him much more than what he's contracted for. I told the manager, they said, wait a minute, he ain't to do his job with well a hoop. you talking about paying him more, he ain't earn what he supposed to be getting. And you want me to pay him more than I? I said, look, it's just what God spoke. I don't understand it. I don't know why. All I know is what God said. Jesus says, permit it to be so, for we must fulfill all righteousness. John, you don't understand why. You don't know. First words of Jesus, you don't understand. But permitted to be so because we need to do what's right. So many of the things of the Bible you may not understand, but you need to do what's right. Because if you understood it all, you'd be God. But we don't. But we do often understand what he tells us to do. And here is a gift. As we talk about the simple, and I don't know how many parts it'll take, but how to get into heaven is the most important knowledge you need to know. It really is. It's the most important knowledge you need to know. This is a gift. This is actually one of my wife's Christmas gifts. I have her several things. I got her stuff from her feet to her head. I just got all kinds of stuff for her. But this is one of her gifts. Now the thing about the gift is this. It's a nice gift. It's wrapped up real nice. But the paper and the box that this gift is in is going to be thrown away. Paper is not important. The vessel is not, looks nice. But the minute my wife gets this gift, what she's going to do is tear this paper all to pieces. This nice, pretty gift that it took so much time and meticulous effort to wrap (laughs) nice and neat. This nice gift. She's going to tear this paper all to pieces because she understands the wrapping Is not the important part. It's like heaven. This body is nothing but the wrapping. And we're going to discard it. And put it in the trash. And it'll go to dust. And it's not the important part. For us to focus on this life. And these few 70, 80 or 90 something years. For us to focus on this life is the equivalent of us focusing on the wrapping paper and not the gift. And if someone did that, you would say, but pastor, that's just stupid. Why would I focus on the wrapping paper when the important part is what's inside? The paper is literally worth nothing. Why would I focus on the paper and not what's inside? That's what Jesus tried to get you to see. This is temporal. All of this material stuff would pass away. It's like the grass that will be burned in the fire. The body goes to dust. All of this stuff. He says don't even store your treasure on earth where thieves will break in and steal and moth and rust dust corrupt. Put your stuff in heaven where it will be eternal. So to understand not to focus on the wrapping paper. But what's on inside is one of the first keys of understanding heaven. So when we start living, looking at the true eternal, it makes a difference in how we live. And for the most part, when Jesus talks about heaven, he really talks about it in parables. Jesus doesn't hardly tell you anything about heaven itself. You know, the only thing Jesus tells you specifically about heaven is that it's not going to be any marriage in heaven. That's the only thing he tells you. I know for all of you all who are married, I know you think, How in the world can I be in paradise and I ain't married? I'm in such a paradise with this marriage. Now how can I possibly be in heaven without marriage? That's the only thing specifically that Jesus tells you about heaven is that there's not going to be any marriage in heaven. So for those of you who are single and you just worry about trying to get married, you just can't sleep at night because you worry about trying to find you a husband or trying to find your wife. When you get to heaven, when you get to paradise, Jesus said, "Not going to be any marriage." So you do at least know you can't exist in paradise without marriage. Now, for those of you who are married, I know you can't understand that. I know it's just totally foreign to you. you just can't understand how would I make it without this woman? How would I make it without this man? But I'm just simply saying the only thing Jesus told you about heaven specifically is that there'll be no marriage in heaven there's one preacher he was preaching a sermon about questioning whether or not there's fried chicken in heaven I don't know about all that probably a fried chicken in heaven but the thing is the only thing Jesus told you specifically is there will be no marriage no giving in marriage in heaven that's the only thing you know everything he spoke about heaven it was really in parables heaven was like a mustard seed and And the good seed, heaven was like leaven, it's like a treasure hidden in a field, it's like a pearl of great price, it's like a net cast into the sea. Jesus, he gives all these kind of allegorical parables about what heaven is like, but he doesn't tell you specifically anything about what heaven truly is. What Jesus tries to get you to focus on is to make sure you get in and that you begin now to live in that knowledge. And in the book of Matthew, Jesus talks about heaven roughly 70 times. And in all of the New Testament, Jesus talks about heaven about 140 times. So half of his mentions of heaven is found in the book of Matthew. So I just want to go through just a few of those in just another part because it's a lot, but it's important. For us to understand what did Jesus say about how to get into heaven. The first words that Jesus preached in Matthew, Matthew 4 17, not the first words he said, but it says, from that time Jesus began to preach. First word he said in terms as a preacher: repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which is what John came preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was two thousand years ago. But I truly believe the kingdom of heaven is at hand because you begin to live it right now. And he said this twice in Matthew. First time he told him, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. which you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and that which you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven he said that twice so when you begin to bind and loose some things right here it does so in heaven I believe you can have a partial heaven right here on earth because the kingdom of God is within so there's no need of you being in misery while you on earth the kingdom of heaven it's at hand now it's at hand whose hand is it at It's at hand. Whose hand is it at? Is it at God's hand? Is it at Jesus' hand? Or is it at your hand? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. If it's at hand, at hand generally has two meanings. First of all, it is a meaning of time. Second, it is a meaning of distance. It means it's soon and it means it's within your grasp. People, I'm here to tell you the kingdom of heaven is within your grasp. But you've got to grab it. Now let's see what Jesus, just some of the things that he said about just the kingdom of heaven and getting into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The poor in spirit, I talked about that in the last message. You can go back and listen to that. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew 5, 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven persecuted for righteousness sake. There's very few people in America persecuted for righteousness sake, but there are a few. For those who are willing to undergo persecution and to bear a cross for righteousness sake, most folk persecuted because of their own miss, not because of righteousness sake, it's their own stuff for those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you so jesus said those who go through persecution in this life for his sake will have a great reward in heaven. Matthew five seventeen. Do not think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, Till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven but whoever does and teaches them he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven for I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven now this is a deep one Jesus says this Not one jot nor one tittle of the law shall pass away until all is fulfilled. And all is not fulfilled. That's why God said, you go back and you just do just the words of Jesus. Not one jot nor one tittle shall pass away until all is fulfilled. Those who teach to obey the law and do so will be the greatest. Those who teach not to will be the least. Both of them going to be in heaven. But on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know that levels down here? Do you know there are mansions and shacks down here? So if there are levels down here on earth as it is in heaven, that will be the greatest and the least. Those who teach to do exactly what God said will be the greatest, those who teach not to do what he said going to be the least, both will be in heaven. Then he said this, Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, You all do know who the scribes and Pharisees were. Those were the preachers of that day. That's who they were. They were the preachers. Jesus said, look, unless you're more righteous than the preachers, you will, he didn't say, you know, your chances would be reduced. There is a statistical less probability. He didn't say any of that. Jesus said, by no means. He said, unless your righteousness exceeds... Now understand, these were the men walking around in the robes, all dressed, decked down, gold around, bells around the robe, you know, walking around. They had the little things hanging. Oh, they look holy as I don't know what. So they're walking around holy looking as they could be. Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of those men, you shall in no way... Enter the kingdom of heaven. I said, my goodness. That's deep. Y'all say that's deep. That's deep. These are the words of Jesus. This is the gatekeeper to heaven. So this is what the gatekeeper is telling. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they were following the law. They were professing to be righteous and also holy, praying out loud where folk could hear him praying, doing all this stuff, professing God. Jesus said, look, unless you're more righteous than them, You shall by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So it becomes a deep thing. And yet, following all of God's commands, the Jews are the group who is supposed to be following all of God's commands. And when you look at them, you know they're pretty blessed. Do you know the Jews are 2% of America's population population? They're almost half of America's billionaires. They're 2% of the population, but almost half. Now, money is by no means is that a measure of righteousness. No way. But it is somewhat a measure of blessing. That's why when you go back and check and look at the Patriots, them rascals were rich as cream. They were rich as they could be. When you go back and check Job, he's the richest man in the whole land. So it is a measure of blessing. They're the most blessed group on the face of the earth. But they follow God's command. And when they get off, God will send a curse on them. He's done that over and over and over through the Bible. So when you go looking at things, and Jesus said, Not one jot nor one tittle of this thing shall pass away. But yet, when you look at who has the most. And see, sometimes folk can just relate to money. They can't sometimes relate to somebody. You relate to money. And many of you right now, you're using stuff by using. If you go to Facebook, most of you are going to check your Facebook account today. That's Zuckerberg. Jewish. If you do a search on Google, that's Saren and Page. They're Jewish. So 48% of America's billionaires are Jewish. They're blessed financially beyond measure. So when you look at some things, it changes opinion. Matthew 5 21. You have heard that it was said to those of old you shall not murder and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother rocker shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Raka simply means an empty headed person. But you fool to your brother without a cause, puts you in danger of hellfire. And some of us, even with our family relationships, that's why when God told me of the five things most important, the second one, be in correct fellowship with your brother. So we sometimes don't have correct fellowship within our own family and we want to get in heaven. But sometimes we're calling family members fools. Look at just the words of Jesus. Matthew five twenty-seven. You have heard that it was said... To those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her hath already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast in hell. Now these last two verses are basically, they haven't done with heaven. They talk about what you do to get in hell. Just lusting. People, just our thought pattern, that's why it's inside. See, the Pharisees looked righteous. That's why he said, You're like a sepulchre, whitewashed on the outside, but inside full of dead men's bones. The, the Pharisees and the scribes looked righteous. They looked holy. But inside, the kingdom of God is within. Inside, they were dead men's bones. So how do you feel toward your brother or your sister? And what are you lusting after? That you shouldn't be lusting after. See, all of these things are deep. These are the words of Jesus, not, my, not any of the prophets. This is the doorkeeper. This is who you got to get past. He is the only way in. This is what he said. So he's telling you some things that's going to put you straight into hell, and he's telling you some things that are going to take you to heaven. And I looked at all of what Jesus said through Matthew about heaven, and it's a lot of it. He talked a good bit about heaven he didn't tell you what heaven was like but he did talk a good bit about what you needed to do to get there and when you look at what he said matthew six nineteen, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also Where's your treasure? Where's your treasure? We'll often sing the song, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold and won't tithe. How in the world do we rather have Jesus and won't tithe? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew 7.13 Enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it but narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. Matthew 7.21 Not everyone who says to me Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Listen to this verse. This is Jesus talking. Not any of the disciples. This is the doorkeeper. So his words are priority. This is real clear. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. That means not everybody proclaiming the name of Jesus going in. Simple as that. Now everybody shouting, jumping up, dancing. Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or workers of evil. That's one of the deepest verses of modern Christianity. Many will prophesy in my name. Now, you know anybody prophesying in the name of Jesus, you would think they saved. Then he said casting out demons in my name. It's another level when you're casting out demons. I don't like to fool with demons myself. It's another level when you're casting out demons. So they're prophesying, casting out demons, and working wonders or miracles. These are not ordinary folk. And Jesus said many will not enter the kingdom. So it's not by your external spiritual works. Prophesying, casting out demons, and working miracles. All three of those are heavy duty. And Jesus said, A lot of them folk doing that, he never even knew them. And you know, if you ask them, Are you saved? Do you believe in the name of Jesus? You know what answer you're going to get. Nobody who's doing that in the name of Jesus is not going to tell you they don't know Jesus. But Jesus said, Many. He's basically saying, It's a lot of them who said they know Jesus. Jesus, he don't know them. <laughs> So how do you know, and it doesn't matter about other folk, what you got to worry about is you. See, this is not the sermon entitled, How Do Other Folk Get Into Heaven? This is how you get into heaven. So you got to know how you get into heaven. So these people are doing all this stuff, all these miracles, all these great works, and yet Jesus said he never even knew them, and you know they proclaiming the name of Jesus. You know they proclaiming they know him. You know they proclaiming he their Lord and Savior. So what is the difference, and why Jesus said he never knew Him? So that lets you know proclaiming it just ain't it. That's why he said stick to what my son said. Stick to the doorkeeper and look at what he said. Not interpretate, look at what he said. This is the man on the door. So if the man on the door said it, that's your highest authority. And he said many who are doing all this stuff, I don't even know them, even though they claim to know me. So people, you better make sure that you truly, truly, truly know Jesus. The story of the centurion, Matthew eighteen. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, turning to those who were following him. He said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Israelites, those who it was originally prepared for, said the Gentiles are going to come from east and west, and many of them will miss it because of their lack of faith. And finally, in Matthew ten thirty-two, therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him will also I deny before my Father who is in heaven. How to get into heaven? It's not overly simple because the traditional simply says you just declare on the name of Jesus and believe that he rose on the third day and you shall be saved. Them folks saying, Lord, Lord, doing all the miracles, prophesying, casting out demons. I know good and well they did that. When you look at what Jesus said, and there is one that's perhaps the most critical, and this is the one where the rich young ruler came to Jesus, and he asked Jesus point blank, Lord, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus told him, keep the commandments. And he said, have i have done all of this? Then Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, sell all you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. And that's when he walked away. But the key was this. He said, if you want to be perfect. I don't even want to be perfect. I can't do that. I'm just not going to do it. And I really don't want to be perfect. I'm too flawed. I just don't want to be perfect. But this is the point. His disciples came to him after that. And when they saw this, and they saw the young ruler, they said, Lord, who then can be saved? Who can do this? Who in the flesh can do this? We can't stay righteous. We're going to fail. We're going to fall down. We're going to mess up. We're going to make errors. Who can do this? And Jesus said, nobody. He said, you can't do this except for the power of God. You can't do this only by the power of God. And that's why he sent Jesus. Because you're going to make some errors. There's no question about that. You're going to make them today. You're going to make them tomorrow. You're going to make some errors. You will not be perfect. Do you know when the rich young ruler came to Jesus? Do you know what Jesus said? He said, good master. You know what Jesus told him? Do not call me good. This is his words, not mine. This is his words. That's why I look at Jesus. Jesus said, do not call me good. The best man on earth said, do not call me good. For there is none good but the father out of his own mouth. That's why I said when you go and look at exactly what he said, Jesus said, don't call him good because there is none good but the Father. And he said, no man can do this but with the help of God. So you can't get in heaven without the help of God and God sent you some help. Today is the birthday of whom God sent to help you get in heaven. But the man who guards the gate told you there are some things you need to do and it's not just calling on his name if that was the case the folk who hollered lord lord doing all the miracles casting out demons and doing all that prophesying would have been in heaven and the scribes and the pharisees who were praising god all day long they would have been in heaven so there are some things that you need to do beyond that and people we need to live he simply says this those who follow the will of my father it's as simple as that from his first and second words all the way through Old and New Testament, we will never be perfect. We can never live without error. But we can strive in our hearts, mind, and spirit to do what God tells us to do. And when we do that, it begins to bring heaven on earth. Virtually in every case where we're living in misery, frowning, stuff all messed up. In every case, when you go to examine this stuff, we're not doing what God told us to do. And sometimes we're suffering because we didn't do what God told us to do. We took a wrong turn that God sent a word for us not to go down that path. Now we're in a mess. In almost every case I know, it's a situation we have not done what God told us to do. And when we do that, our lives on this earth become closer to heaven. Jesus came to bring us life and bring it more abundantly. And I don't believe God told us to do anything that was detrimental for us everything is for our health for our happiness and even though this is the season people i had someone text me and said they wish me happiness and health for this holiday season and i read that and i said shoot i don't want that and i know you said pastor why because what you gonna do on january 2nd what you gonna do on january 2nd i don't want no health and happiness for the holiday season i want it for eternity i don't want it for the holiday season because come January 2nd, what you going to do? When the holiday season is over, what you going to do? Fall to pieces, get miserable, and get sick. What you going to do? Now, I don't want it for the holiday season. I want what Jesus promised. I don't want the wrapping. I want the gift inside. And he brought us the gift of eternal life. And people, sweetheart, that's your gift. But the value is inside. It's not in the wrapping. So people, Jesus brought you a gift of eternal life. And it is a matter of accepting him into your life. And when you accept Jesus into your life, it changes your life. If you accept Jesus in your life and there are no changes, you have not accepted him. It will manifest. And if you look at what Jesus told you to do. Who is my brother and my sister? Those who do the will of my daddy. That's what Jesus tells you over and over and over and over. Jesus just ain't said once about those who call my name. Matter of fact, he deliberately said, a lot of them, many of them doing all this stuff, not going to make it into the kingdom. That's your gift for this eternity. If you accept it, if you open it up, dig on the inside, put that gift on the inside of you, that God has sent for your salvation, you will not just live happily ever after through eternity. It will start right now because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You all stand up. We are out of time. You need to go get on your knees for those of you right now and you know you need to let Jesus into your heart and you haven't made those changes you know you need to do right. Now is the time for you to begin because eternity is a long, long, long time. And this life is nothing but the wrapper. Bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus. And Father, I pray right now that none of us be on that wide path of destruction. That none of us be those who holler, Lord, Lord, and Jesus never knew us. Father, right now, for those who have been closed off to the true love of Jesus, I pray we open our hearts right now. Let him in. And Father... As he enters, our lives will shine with the light of your son, And not just for the holiday, not just for the Christmas season. It'll be a flame that shall never be extinguished. In thy son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. Because brother, you need the word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part 4 of the series titled, The 12 Most Asked Questions of Christians, by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5738, that's 5738, to listen to over a thousand free messages, or to send this message number 5738, to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you, and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's IWantTogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com of the often because brother, you need the word.